the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you so very much for joining us as we get underway at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on a Thursday, the fourth morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Thank you. Really appreciate you being here uh, very much. Uh, Coming up in about an hour, top of the second hour of the broadcast, it'll be Dr. Everett Piper, president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University and the author of not a daycare. He's got a few uh, very important things to discuss with us, one of which is this ongoing and ever-expanding obsession with psychological delusions, um, particularly among those who don't know what sex they are and who are very, very much mentally and psychologically confused about what their biology is. And uh, Dr. Piper's got a few stories on that. I've got one, too, that he doesn't even know about. I've got one that I want <laughs> I want to share. I'm actually going to play a clip from Piers Morgan. Remember Piers Morgan? Used to be a CNN flunky, a liberal who uh, always attacked America for our Second Amendment rights and blamed uh, all of the mass shootings on the fact that we do have uh, the right to protect and defend ourselves and our property and our families and so on and so forth in this great country. Yeah, well, that went over so well, he got run off to his native uh, uh, England, and he's there now doing Good Morning Britain. And uh, his show, I'm so glad, I'm not kidding you, I, I salute Pierce Morgan for this and whoever his co-host is, I don't know her, and it doesn't matter really, uh, because it's their guest that I'm going to be focusing on here in a few, uh, because it's so important that you hear from this person who identifies as, 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 as an elf. I didn't misspeak, there's, there's a guest, there's a female who lives her life as if she really is and has always been an otherworldly elf. It's not a mistake. 
She identifies as that. She believes she is not human. She is non-binary sex or gender. She's not even human. She's elf. She believes this. She demands to be treated as such. And when you hear from people like her and from the uh, alien, you remember that one I told you a few weeks ago, right? The former man turned transgender woman, in other words, man dressed like woman, decided he didn't like that either and figured out, I know why I'm not happy as a man and I know why I'm not happy as a woman. I'm neither. I'm an alien. Not the illegal border jumping kind, the Star Wars kind, the Twilight Zone kind, the out there kind. Yeah, alien. Proceeded to have a bunch of cosmetic procedures done to look more alien-like. Really, truly believes inside, identifies as an alien. So we got elves, we got aliens, we got people who identify as not human, but canine. Dog. Literally, identifying as this. Which begs the question that I've been asking for a while, and every time there's a new example, and thank you to the elf, for uh, appearing on Good Morning Britain. Every time we have a new example of this, I ask the question, are we compelled as a society to play into their delusions and identify them as elf, alien, or dog? Or should we suggest to them, you have a bit of a mental issue here, a psychological delusion, some sort of a... A chip is is misfiring in some way, shape, or form because you are not, in fact, elf, alien, or canine. You're you're man and you're woman and you're you're human. And if we do indeed say that we cannot abide by these mental disturbances and identify them as the way they wish to be identified, then why are we enabling the mass? known as and identified as uh, something they are biologically not. So I've got a lot on that story, but I want to start this morning with socialism. Why? Well, for obvious reasons. Because the left continues its mad rush, not to the far left, but over the edge of the far left of the political ideological spectrum. They literally have fallen off of it. They're rushing to socialism no matter how hypocritical they seem and are. Bernie Sanders continues to be the loudest voice, shouting for wealth equality, shouting for more and more to be taken away from the wealthy and given to the poor. Never mind the fact that he has three houses, multi-million dollar estates, that he has $800,000 worth of book deals on the table in front of him. Never mind the fact that he himself enjoys the life of the privileged wealthy while claiming that wealth is evil and that it's uh, the impoverished who deserve more, who, who, should, who should be given more from those who have more. President Trump has gotten into a bit of a public dispute now with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, another Democrat socialist. President Trump describing her Green New Deal 
I love how the president just calls her out. This is the one thing, you know, I don't like some of the things the president says. I don't like how some of the things, and I think he sticks his foot in his mouth far too often, particularly when he just claimed for the third time that his father was born in Germany for some strange reason, because his father spoke fluent German. Keep saying his father's born in Germany, and it's been very well documented. His father's born in New York. Just weird. Just weird. He says a lot of weird things. And it makes us kind of scratch our heads. It makes us cringe a little bit. He tweeted the other day about Puerto Rico kind of not being part of the U.S. They keep taking our money and wanting more from the U.S. Neglecting the truth that Puerto Rico is indeed an American territory. It's ours. It's We are responsible for it. It is responsible for us, et cetera, et cetera. He does a lot of weird things, but there are some times when I just love when that, you know, that, that kind of flippant... Um, off-the-cuff ad-libbing comes out, and uh, and sometimes it's just priceless, like when he called Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a.k.a. Alexandria Kelly Bundio-Cortez, a.k.a. Miss Teen South Carolina, uh, that bartender. <laughs> yeah, they, got a, they, got a, they got a 29-year-old bartender, and the entire Democratic establishment is petrified of her. I love it, because that's what I would call her. But I do call her. I tell her to shut up and pour, as in another drink. Uh, stop trying to pretend you know what economics are. Stop trying to pretend you can spell economics. Uh, much less Boston University. A lot of syllables in that word, those words, uh, that you claim to have gotten that degree from. I say those things because I'm a talk show host. I don't matter. President of the United States calls her a 29 year old bartender as the whole Democrat Party scared. Uh, rather than a duly elected representative from a district in New York, I just find it hysterical. I love it. And why? Because it helps trigger her. And that is funny to me. But she uh, continues to rail about uh, wealth disparity and continuing to grab and promote and push her socialist model Green New Deal. This despite the fact that she asked every senator with a D after their name last week, to vote against or to vote just present, to not vote for her Green New Deal when it came up before the Senate by Mitch McConnell. She asked, she said this, because the media, mostly the conservative part of the media, the small segment of it that we have, asked every Democrat senator, if you believe in all of these things, and you did say, especially all the Democrat uh, uh, declared candidates for president, the Democrat senators who declared for the for the uh, for the White House run, you know the Bookers and the Harrises and the Gillibrands and Warrens and so on. And so you all said you're for this Green New Deal. How come you're not voting for it? And Alexandria Kelly Bundio Cortez said because I asked them not to or I told them not to. Remember, she's the one who says I'm the boss. She thinks she literally thinks she's in charge, and she's at it again. By the way, in that regard speaking on behalf of the entire Democrat Party and calling out Donald Trump and saying she wants his tax returns. This 29-year-old bartender, a little bit too big for her uh, uh, freshman britches, uh, literally thinks she can run the show. Well, obviously, she continues to promote her socialist-slash-communist full-on government takeover called the Green New Deal. Make no mistake, this is not just some prescription to help combat climate change. This is a full 
takeover of the United States government, United States industry, United States utilities, United States fossil fuels, United States infrastructure, United States culture. It literally touches and affects all of those things and more. When you add in reparations and all of the other ridiculous social justice stuff that she has put into this thing, right? So she continues to promote it despite asking her uh, fellow Democrats in the Senate to vote against it when Mitch McConnell put it up for a vote last week. But I think it's time to revisit this. Not necessarily the Green New Deal in and of itself. We have torn that thing apart, uh, you know, six ways from Sunday, and that's fine. But socialism in general is still the rallying cry of Bernie and of AOC. And even if they're not using the word as loosely and as frequently as they do, many other 2020 Dem wannabes, they're rushing towards socialism. So I feel like maybe a bit of a definition of socialism for those who are maybe not quite as uh, learned about it, uh, I, I think that is in order. So we're going to share some of that with you. There's a great article with an even better summation of the article that I read this morning from Conservative Review. It's actually a month old uh, from Conservative, Conservative Review. It was written on March 1st. I didn't see it until today. Uh, but I read it this morning and loved every single second of it, and I'm going to share it with you, along with the uh, the great summation of what socialism truly is that the left is asking you to vote for. Make no mistake, by the way, when 2020 comes around, socialism versus socialism, it does then become our constitutional representative republic against a socialist, essentially a socialist totalitarian state where the government runs everything and takes from you what it wants in the interest of social justice and, and, the, and the sharing of wealth. You will literally be voting next year we all will, for either capitalism and liberty or socialism and tyranny. There, there is, this is not hyperbole. This is not over-dramatizing something for the purpose of getting you to listen. This isn't what people often say when we talk about things like, hey, sure, ratings. You're just trying to scare people. If I wrote this online, they'd call it clickbait. No, not for ratings, not hyperbolic. Not over-dramatized. It's capitalism versus socialism when it's Trump versus the Democrat socialist of choice. I'll explain more coming up right after this on AM 1420 The Answer. Leandis, Bloomberg Radio. People are strange when you're a stranger. All right, 926 now, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420 The Answer. Let's talk a little bit more about the democratic embrace of socialism. Let's talk about what socialism is. I want to say thanks to... um, my friend Will, he didn't write it. It was taken from uh, the article in Conservative Review that I absolutely loved, and I shared it on my Facebook page this morning. If you are, uh, uh, if you're a Facebook follower of mine, you'll see this. If you're not, you should be. Uh, France Radio is how you find me on Twitter and Facebook. France Radio. Uh, the summary of socialism is this: Socialism is your lazy brother-in-law, the one who always just needs a couple of bucks. Always mooching something off you, asking what you're having, uh, what you're having for Sunday dinner, and 
Couldn't he and his new girlfriend, the stripper, come up, come by for a little while? That's socialism. Always asking to take a little bit more from you. If you have, he wants. If you have, he demands. If you have, he's entitled to. That's kind of what socialism is in a nutshell. A little bit better explained in the article uh, by uh, by uh, uh, Jen Kuznicki in Conservative Review. Again, it's a month old, but I just read it, and I want to share some of it with you before the break and then the rest after. Watching the Democrats simultaneously embrace and distance themselves from the label of socialist is entertaining but annoying. They're trying to confuse the subject, claiming policies that the United States already has in place are socialist policies, wildly popular. Social Security, Medicaid, and Medicare are the big programs that the Democratic Socialists tout as American policies that are indeed socialist. If we are uncomfortable with socialism, they taunt, why don't we suggest getting rid of these policies? But we have, in fact. Though he went on to explain or to expand Medicare, George W. Bush campaigned on privatizing Social Security, a proposition that would have fixed the entire situation. Instead of insolvency, Social Security faces in a few years. The Democrat socialists went insane over privatization, claiming that the rich would control our future. Government, in the mind of a Democratic socialist, is the only ultimate power. But socialism isn't confusing or hard to understand. Socialism, and here's that line again, is your lazy brother-in-law who always just needs a couple of bucks. Maybe a loan that'll never pay back, always mooching off of you, asking what you're having for Sunday dinner, and couldn't he and his new girlfriend, the stripper, come over? Socialism is your neighbor who always borrows stuff and never returns it. Then when you go to his garage sale, you suddenly realize the hedge trimmer, cordless drill, and battery charger he's selling look awfully familiar. Socialism is the dumb jock who charms the bookish girl so she'll do his homework for him. She'll end up working three times as hard as she would otherwise just for a wink and a hug. Socialism is how the lazy, dumb, and unimaginative get stuff that they don't deserve. Socialism, put simply, exists by sucking wealth, hard work, and prosperity out of those who create it. What one person or group of people have created by hard work, socialism will suck dry through demands from those who never did nor could create. Then there are the people who tell you that you wouldn't be Christian if you didn't loan out all of your goods and loan out all of your tools to that neighbor who needed them. Turn the other cheek, they say. It's the Lord's way. Socialism exists through guilt. Perhaps you knew your stupid, lazy brother-in-law was always no good, but your wife tells you to do the right thing. And God forbid, God forbid you mention the fact that you worked hard to get all those things you have, and they hold monetary and personal value to you. For shame, they chide. Don't you know the way of the Lord is to give and never expect anything in return? The left calls upon muddied and muddled, muddied versions of uh, biblical lessons in order to suck your wealth dry. They claim that we are all in this society together, and that you must give to those who are less fortunate than you, as if fortune is gained only through luck, as if fortune has nothing to do with hard work and perseverance. Then they say, don't deserve their money. They must give it to the socialist system. They empower the state to confiscate the fortune of a few until the fortune of a few no longer keeps up with the sucking. They whip up angry, jealous crowds to go after the rich, claiming they are for the middle. When the rich are sucked dry, they are inevitably more angry. There are, rather, inevitably more angry and jealous poor. 
And then they go after the middle. Socialism in gov- is government spending, but first it's forced taking. Socialists start by coaxing through guilt, then shame, then force. Socialism cannot exist in nature because ev- eventually you have to force people to comply with something so unjust. It is unjust that you should be forced to turn over what you produce through hard work, the work of your mind and body, to those who did nothing but befriend the authorities. As the noose of socialism tightens, the state grows stronger, and the individual is helpless under its grip. Our nation was built on the freedom of the human mind, body, and spirit. It is a glory to God that we are all created equal, yet with different individual talents that only can thrive if given the freedom they yearn for. Our work on earth is for the greater glory of God. We work to please him and in turn help all of humanity. No, socialism isn't confusing. Socialism is touted by the cowardly, underhanded, and power-hungry whose ultimate goal is to control the people. I went a little long there. I read the whole thing to you before the bottom of the hour news. We'll catch up on that now and get your phone calls on the other side on AM 1420 The End. Thirty-seven out of Operation Authority on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Phone lines uh, will be opened up very shortly. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. Either one of those numbers gets you here. And as always, I tell you to follow me on the uh, toxic platforms of Twitter and Facebook at France Radio. Make your comments there, and I'll try to get you up and on the radio as quickly as I can. Um, but I will. Uh, well, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'm going to take a couple here because I'm going to pivot to the trans story and to some unbelievable uh, new developments in this uh, LGBT mafia attempt to force all people, uh, no matter what their religious backgrounds are, no matter what their religious beliefs are, what their doctrine that they practice is, uh, to submit, to capitulate to their mass delusions under penalty of law. Yeah, that's, that's happening. Let me go to uh, Navy man Norm, who's up early this morning and on the air in Strongsville on AM 1420, The Answer. I shouldn't say up early. I'm sure you get up early every day. But I normally don't hear, don't hear from you until the end of the show. How you doing, Norm? Well, I'm doing great because I'm up early renewing my CCW license down in Medina County. I like that. That's a great reason to be up. Good for you. <laughs> and, the, and the nice and the beauty of it is because if you're a veteran, you don't have to pay a fee for uh, your CCW license or renewal. Nor should you. That's a, that's a great rule. That's right. a great law. I love well, that. Well, that's because Medina County is a Republican county. So, Got it. Anyway, <laughs> I want to tell my own personal experience many, many years ago with socialism. I worked at the then Ohio, which is now BP. And, of course, it came United Way time. You know, your fair share? Remember that? Sure. So United Way, they passed out cards, and it had, based on your income, okay, your fair share. Right. Well, I gave a check, okay, for one hour's pay per month, which I thought was more than enough in my fair share. Well, I was uh, told that... uh, a manager above me would want to talk to me about my donation. So I went to see the manager above me quickly, and he said, uh, you know, you ought to rethink this and sign up for payroll deduction. And, you know, the shaming, you know, the guilt, the shaming, you know, these poor people. And I said, no, I, you know, I, I know what my means are. And I said, I think one hour salary a month is enough. Enter the human resource manager. Oh, um, 
you know, we have a commitment and a quota. And I says, oh, so the president and the CEO can go to their lavish dinners and pat each other on the back because they made their quota for everybody's fair share. I said, my fair share, sir, is what I determined it to be. Next step, vice president. I'm getting up there. Vice president, oh, you got a brilliant future with our company, Mr. Besnaska. And, uh, oh, really? Um, you know, you ought to think about this. And I says, excuse me, I think it's time to put an end to this, you know, absurdity. You can either take my check as it is or nothing. You know what they did? They handed the check back to me. So I wow. saved myself. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it worked out pretty well for me. <laughs> Wow, that yeah. is that, that is pretty amazing. You gave them an ultimatum, and they said, no, it's not enough to keep it. And what did they expect you to do? Out of guilt, did they expect you to go ahead and give them whatever they say your fair share was? Exactly. And, I mean, they really put pressure on people. And a lot of these corporations and banks around town in North, Northeast Ohio, they're infamous for it, Bob. And, it, wow. and to me, you know, it's the guilt. Oh, those people are so poor. They deserve this, you know. And, of course, we found out, I think, what was it, the CEO of United was making like half a million bucks. And, uh, you know, it, it was a joke because a lot of the money was not going where it was that's supposed right. to. So, yeah, and that's a pretty familiar tale, isn't it? It sure is. But like I said, if everybody just went and said, hey, my fair share is what I determine it to be, you know, and, and just let it go at that. But no, no, they were going to try to coerce me. And it didn't work. And that is exactly what a socialist federal government would be doing as well. They're going to, they're, sure. and in fact, sure. they would of course have uh, imprisonment powers if they, uh, if you don't, uh, if you don't give them what they say your fair share is. Uh, and of course, uh, we level from your example to uh, to to the bigger picture here is that you know we have we have control of this. I said this just in passing in the last segment, last last half hour. You know, when, when it's Trump, and I don't care, you know, this is what I want people to realize. We, I know Donald Trump is not, uh, extraordinarily popular with everybody, even conservatives, for a variety of reasons. You know, he's very, he's very brash and he's sometimes unconventional and sometimes says some things that make you cringe. I can tell you, he tweets things that make me cringe all the time. Oh, yeah. Take Donald Trump's name off of this and let's just understand the ne next election to be what it is. It's capitalism and freedom versus right. socialism and tyranny. I mean, and I'm not, I don't think that's an overstatement. I really do not. No. Donald Trump's face is the orange face of capitalism. Love it or hate it, it is capitalism. Yeah. And Kamala or Corey or Liz or Robert Francis or whoever it is that's going to carry the mantle of socialism for the, uh, or Bernie for the left, uh, theirs will be the face of socialism and people doggone well better well. know exactly what they're getting into. One more thing, Bob. If Chica yeah. Loco, Cortez, and Sanders had their way, or have their way, if they, God forbid, uh, get power, we're all going to be driving wood-burning Yugos. It's going to be bad. <laughs> That's exactly right. That is exactly right, Norm. Uh, th thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate it. Wood-burning Yugos. On high-speed rail tracks, by the way. High-speed rail. Uh, all, all around the world. All around the country and all around the world. Apparently, across the oceans too to get to Hawaii. <laughs> it's just insane, but that's what they're—that's what they're embracing. And they're not—they're not, they're not tiptoeing there, right? They're not tiptoeing there and kind of creeping. You know, Cortez, Kelly Bundy, Cortez came into office and just flaunted this thing in front of all of us. Green New Deal. It's not a tiptoe. It's a massive stomp right on all of American industry. 
American uh, energy, American infrastructure, all of it's well, gone. We're starting over our way with, <laughs> as Norm just said, I thought so well, with wood-burning Yugos. And make sure when we uh, drive our wood-burning Yugos uh, by American farmland, there better not be any farting cows on it. Or uh, we're going to shoot them dead. Jay, well, with what, though? Because they're going to take our guns, too. Jay and Illyria, you're up, Jay. Go ahead. Good morning. Yeah, Good morning, Jay. a minor version of the socialism thing that the guy from General Motors, I believe he said he was, uh, just, just mentioned. Um, yeah, yeah, yes. I worked, for Illyria Pub- I worked for Illyria Public Library for six months. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I started there, I was told that it was a union shop. However, it's perfectly okay. You don't have to join the union if you don't want to. You don't have to. Um, and as I said, okay, that, that's fine. And I got ready to, to begin working. They said, oh, by the way, union dues are $35 a month. I said, well, thank you. I appreciate that. But I think I'm probably going to pass on joining the union. Oh, well, that's perfectly okay, but you're going to pay $35 a month, whether you're in the union or not. And they took it out of my check every month. Yep. Yep. That's what they do. That's exactly they what they do, and they, and they and say, they say whether you want to be represented by the union or not, it doesn't matter. The benefits that you have and the pay that you have here are because of what the union has fought for before you, and therefore we can take right. that from you no matter what. Yeah. That's exactly how it works. They were, they were grandfathered in. You weren't. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I that's, just want to make sure that's the Illyria Public Library. I, I, I appreciate that, Jay. And again, another smaller example of, uh, you know, essentially liberties being taken away from individual workers and, and, you know, a socialist model. I mean, it is. It's tyranny. You don't have the right to your money. We have the right to take as much of it from you as we wish to be doled out in whatever, uh, uh, capacity we wish, wish or to what other organizations we want. Frank and Brooke Park next. Hi, Frank. Go ahead. You're on the air. Thank you. It's about the on plan, the movie schedule. Oh yeah, at this go ahead. Time, at this time, there are only two theaters on the west side of Cleveland that are having it. This is the very last day on the west side. The Cinemark in Strongsville, South Park Mall, and the Regal Medina Stadium is also the very last day of the showing up on plan on the west side that I can find. Um, uh, if you go further west, um, because again, my family and I saw it out in Sheffield, uh, at, uh, okay. at the Cobblestone Regal Cinema in Sheffield. Uh, this was just this past Saturday, so it might be in some okay. other places that, uh, people Maybe. may or may not, you know, Maybe. depending on where you live, I guess, may or may not be feasible for you. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, a heads up. That's all. I was on the schedule Tuesday. We saw the movie, uh, you know, Tuesday, and I came home and I looked up the full schedule. Well, my wife already had it up. And then, right. but on the east side, there are locations, three that I have here, that are left. It will be through the April 10th. That would be the very last showing that I know of. The AMC Classic in Stolen. The Cinemark in Aurora, also through April 10th is the last day. And the uh, Atlas Cinemas in Great Lakes Stadium Theater. And I guess that's in Mentor. And they're also going to be open until April 10th. And other than that, I do not find there's nothing else. Today is the last day on the west side. Regal Medina and Cinemark Strongville. Okay. Well, I know. Uh, here's what I found as you and and thank you, uh, Frank, for 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 uh, bringing that to our attention because obviously, you know, we know that there have been many attempts to kill the movie, to minimize the movie, to not get the movie made, to make it harder to see with the R rating. 
we know there have been many attempts to try to 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 quash its effectiveness and so on and so forth. So I I, I appreciate you saying that. Here's what I have just judging where where uh, like I said, my home theater, if you will, is up in Sheffield Village, Cobblestone Square. It is still playing there. It is also playing still at Crocker Park. Sitting, I'm on. Like I said, I'm West Side. Uh, Crocker Park in Westlake, uh, it is still playing there. I don't have an end date for any of these things. I'm just looking at the theater theaters, quote unquote, you know, near me, um, and I and I'm I would probably have to uh, I'd probably have to put a little more time into this. I only did this while you were chatting, just to kind of I went to FandangoDump.com. Let me offer that to you as a solution or a suggestion to everybody. Uh, if you're looking for a place to watch unplanned. And you want to make sure that you do see it before it leaves theaters or before it is forced out of theaters or before, uh, you know, the, this number of screens that it's on shrinks from a thousand, which is where it started on opening weekend to, uh, to half that. Um, Fandango. Uh, it's just a, it's just a website. It's fandango.com. You enter the city and the state or the zip code that you want to watch a movie in and you put in the name of the movie, you put in the zip code and it'll tell you where you can watch it. So I just put in my zip code and it gave me those two right here on the pretty far west side, uh, out in Lorraine County, up in Sheffield Village and out in, uh, uh, Westlake as well in Western Cuyahoga County at Crocker Park. So try to, try to hunt those down if you can. All right. Much more to come. And I want to get to this trans story. Um, uh, ADF is on the case. As once again, transgenderism as a part of the LGBT mafia continues to threaten the religious liberty of Americans. And now it's coming right here to Cleveland. Alliance Defending Freedom is on the case. And I'll tell you that part of the story coming up next right here on AM 1420. The <laughs> Now the Bob France Authority continuing, AM 1420, The Answer. I want to pivot now to a different subject, something I started the uh, half hour with, in fact, but got uh, sidetracked by a lot of really great phone calls. I want to talk about the uh, LGBT mafia and its intent, attempt rather to force people of uh, Christian faith or perhaps even of Jewish faith, uh, people of religious faith, period, to give up their religious doctrine, to uh, to actively uh, undermine um, the long-standing beliefs that their religion uh, holds by embracing this LGBT uh, agenda. And the latest attempt here comes from South Euclid. You perhaps are aware of the Lyceum, which is a very small classical education school in which they still teach Latin and Greek and a number of other things. It's very, very small. Only 53 students, I believe, in uh, grades 6 through high school. They have seven full-time teachers, but it's a very small Christian-based school called the Lyceum in South Euclid. You probably know of it a little bit. What you might not know is that they have just filed a lawsuit uh, with the help of Alliance Defending Freedom. They have just filed a lawsuit uh, against the city of South Euclid for tra- federal lawsuit to, try, uh, to stop them from trying to impose the LGBT uh, agenda upon this Catholic institution. Alliance Defending Freedom is on the case, as I said. They represent the Lyceum. They filed the suit yesterday to challenge in Ohio cities that South Euclid's ordinance to prepare, uh, that requires the school to violate its religious beliefs in employment, admissions, and other policies or risk fines or jail time. The Lyceum provides its students with a faith-integrated classical education and seeks to form lifelong learners in a joyful pursuit of the truth, who is Christ. 
As a faith community, the school seeks to abide by and convey the teachings of the Bible and the doctrine of the Catholic Church, including their teachings on marriage and sexuality. But in 2018, the city of South Euclid City Council passed a sweeping ordinance that would force the school to hire teachers or enroll students who disagree with its uh, mission and uh, teachings. Religious schools like the Lyceum must be free to operate consistently with their faith without fear of unjust government punishment. That is their right under the First Amendment, said ADF legal counsel Christiana Holcomb. But the city's ordinances, or ordinance rather, threatens this small school with criminal penalties simply for selecting faculty and students who share their religious convictions. The Lyceum's parents, students, and faculty have agreed to live by community standards rooted in Catholic teaching. The city's hostile regulation not only threatens the school, but it also undermines the rights of parents and students who deliberately seek out this unique faith-based education. Initial drafts of the South Euclid Ordinance contained an explicit provision that allowed religious organizations to act consistently with their mission and teachings, but the city council removed those protections from the final text. The ordinance is also vague, making it impossible for the Lyceum's administrators to know whether the school's policies are in violation of this city ordinance. Although the school has made multiple attempts to obtain clarification, the city twice illegally refused to answer the school's public records request. And when the school directly asked the city whether its ordinance applies to the Lyceum, the city refused to say. So the school's leaders are left with no other option but to proceed to federal court, reasonably fearing that living out and articulating their faith would directly violate city law and put them at risk of up to a $500 fine, restitution, or up to 60 days in jail per occurrence. The First Amendment does not allow government hostility, targeting, or discrimination against religious schools because of their beliefs, said Holcomb. Unfortunately, South Euclid is threatening to crush the Lyceum because of its beliefs. The U.S. Supreme Court has recently made it clear on at least two occasions that the First Amendment continues to protect the belief that marriage is a union between one man and one woman. That's why we are asking a federal court to stop the city from enforcing its flawed and hostile law. The lawsuit, the Lyceum versus the City of South Euclid, filed in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Ohio, Eastern Division, argues that the city's ordinance violates the First Amendment, the 14th Amendment, and the Ohio Constitution. Matthew Nee, one of uh, more than 3,300 attorneys allied with the ADF, is serving as the local counsel in the case for the church. So that's the update, the story that I wanted to share with you, because this trans uh, and LGBT, which I guess is part of LGBT, trans, that's what the T is, um, you know, this, this lifestyle, these choices of lifestyles, whatever it is that you want to call them, when left to their own devices and into their own decisions, clearly, I don't think very many people have a problem with that. I know I don't. You know, live your life how you want to live your life, but when you start to make choices that impact the safety and or security of others, as we get into the whole locker room stories, and when you uh, try to force these things upon people that impact their religious liberty and their ability to practice according to what their religious doctrine is, now we've got a problem. Now, nobody is forcing you to be Catholic. Nobody is forcing you to be religious of any kind. Nobody is forcing any kind of faith upon you. I think all the rest of us would ask is, don't try to force your lifestyle choices upon others. That's not right either. And the ADF, the extraordinarily important organization that we talk to all the time, is on this case on behalf of the Lyceum.
We're going to talk about that case and more coming up with Dr. Everett Piper, who oversees a faith-based uh, um, educational institution, otherwise known as Oklahoma Wesleyan University. Dr. Piper joins us next right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 